go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. When you leave this church today, go quickly and tell someone that Jesus Christ is not dead, but that he's alive in the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord God, we come this morning knowing that you're a God that can do all things but fail. We thank you, Lord, for being sovereign and merciful. We thank you, Lord, for ordering our steps and allowing us to make it to the house of the Lord one more time. Father, we don't take that for granted. We know that it's an incredible privilege to stand shoulder to shoulder with our sisters and brothers in the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the sweet fellowship that's pleasant, present here in this place this morning. We thank you for being a God that knows us individually and blesses us collectively. Thank you, Lord, for all that you provide. Use this preacher for your glory. Father, in the places where I'm high, humble me, where I'm low, lift me up. And Lord, I trust that if I stand to veer off to the right or to the left, you will place me back on track for your name's sake. And Lord, even before it's all said and done in this great place, we give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Come on, you may be seated. Look at somebody and say, raise up. Yeah, look at somebody else and say, raise up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at someone like you, you know their situation, you know what they're going through, and, and look them in their eye and tell them, raise up. Raise up, raise up. Now listen, don't sleep. Don't sleep. Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday morning. Easter Sunday, the pressure's on. Come Easter Sunday morning, you got to deal with some pressure. You got you to get them kids some clothes. Not just some clothes, you got you to get them some shoes. And if you got little kids, you got to get them one of them expensive Easter baskets. Then if you go going to church, you got to make sure you got some money for the offering. Touch your neighbor and say, did you put some money in the offering? Ask them, ask them, ask them. Pressure's on Easter time, Easter time. You got to buy, buy clothes, buy shoes, spend money. Uh, you got to get together with the family and the in-laws and after service, they want to go out to eat and ain't nobody got no money. <laughs> People come to church on Easter Sunday and Lord have mercy, I feel like Tom Brady, like it's Super Bowl time. And you got to deliver, you got to deliver. Folk don't care, they don't care, they don't care. Pastor, I know I only come on Mother, Mother's Day and Easter, but I want to hear word from the Lord. Say, you better preach, Pastor. Somebody say, preach, Pastor. Yeah. Here on Easter, it's so very important, especially for us, tell me if I'm right, especially for us, I don't know about anybody else, but especially for us, as, as African-American people, we gots to get dressed for Easter Sunday. Yeah, get them clothes right. Got to get that hair did right. Get them nails did. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. I got my nails cut too. Amen. Praise Jesus. You know, as, as African-Americans, we get, we, get, we, get, we get dressed for Sunday, but, but we especially put on our best when it comes to Easter. I, I told you, I grew, up in a home, I grew up in a home where I had school clothes. I had play clothes. I had, I had church clothes. And then on Easter, I had a suit just for Easter. And my mother, my mother dressed, four boys, my mother dressed us in those, those little ugly leisure suits. <laughs> All four of us, we were one year apart. So my, my oldest brother would have one, one of them maroon leisure Easter suits. My other brother would have one of them green leisure suits on. My next brother would have a, have a blue leisure suit on, and, and, and I'd have a, have a white leisure suit on. And, and next year, I knew I was going to get one of their hand-me-down leisure suits. And I tried to do everything to make sure I didn't have to wear that suit. I tried to grow. I tried to shrink. I tried to get fat. But this idea, this idea, this idea of getting getting dressed in your best on Easter Sunday is because it's really about bringing your absolute best to God. And God deserves your best. Not only does God deserve your best, but you better hear me this morning. God wants you to have the best. Somebody say amen, Pastor. Mm -hmm. God wants you to have the best. God wants you to live in the best neighborhood. God wants you to wear the best clothes. God wants you to drive the best car. Hello, somebody. God wants you to have the best spouse, the best kids, the best parents, the best church. God wants you to have the best. How do I know that God wants you to have the best? I know that God wants you to have the best because God created the Garden of Eden. And all of, his, all of its opulence. And, and put Adam and Eve in that garden. He gave them the absolute best. The children of Israel, when God brought them out of the wilderness, he brought them into a land that's described as a land flowing with milk. God wants you to have the best. And to save the world, the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We give God our best. We give God our best because God gave us his best first. Amen. Praise the Lord. Listen, I don't care. Hear me this morning. I don't care how difficult your situation looks. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care what the doctor told you. I don't care what the teacher said to you. I, I don't care if your own mother or father told you you wasn't going to be anything. I stopped by here to tell you this morning that Jesus himself was born in a manger. Listen, and if God can raise Jesus from the dead, then God can take you 
from zero to a hundred real quick in the name of Jesus. They ain't ready, Lord. They, they ain't ready. They ain't ready. If God raised Jesus from the dead, then God can raise you up from sickness. God can raise you up from disease. God can raise you up from poverty. Look at your neighbor and say, raise up. Is there anybody here this morning that was sick and now you're well? Is there anybody here that was broke and didn't know how you were going to make it through? Is there anybody here that was down and out and felt like giving up and if it had not been for Jesus on your side? That ought to be your testimony this morning. If it had not been for Jesus, oh, where, oh, where in the world would I be? And listen to me, God just doesn't want to raise up a pastor. God doesn't just want to raise up a deacon. God doesn't want to simply raise the dead. Y'all better hear me this morning. God doesn't just want to raise Jesus from the grave, but God wants to raise up an entire generation. A generation of believers. A generation of people that are sold out for Christ. A generation of people that aren't ashamed of the gospel. Listen, our babies are dying out here in these streets. Our children are dying. Why are black men still killing black men? We're not just losing a few good men, but we're losing an entire generation. I'll tell you this morning, I was, I was born only blocks from here. I was born over on Hallworthy Street. You know, they call it H block now. But when I grew up there, it was still the hood. It was still the ghetto. It, it was still the bricks. Listen, I was the one, I was the one that was, was supposed to be a statistic. According to the statistics, I was supposed to end up in jail, dead, on drugs, dropped out, flunked, failed, and finished. But despite being born in what has been classified as a bad neighborhood, God had a plan to raise me up out of my circumstances and lead me to just a few blocks away, right here to Elliott Church, to preach the gospel in the name of Jesus. So when I was growing up, I would say, I would say born and raised in the ghetto was rough, because in the heart of Roxbury, sometimes it's stuck. A pistol in your face and ask you for your money. And if you think it's cute, the situation won't be funny. They'll fill you full of lead and let you fall to the ground. And then they squeeze off another round. When you wake up, you realize that from your head to your toes, you're paralyzed. You'll think to yourself, now where'd I go wrong? I've always done good my whole life long. But now I'm laid up, living on my back. My life is less than a dope fiend, hooked on crack. You say I should have done like my brothers do and brought myself a nine or a 22. Cause I'd be better off locked up in a cell because the life I live is now a living hell in the ghetto. Ghetto. 
Get him. Get him. Get him. Get him. Get him. Get him. Walking through the streets of Mattapan, you better strap yourself a shank and do what you can. Because if the cops roll up, you might catch heat. And if the man in blue is crooked, you might get beat. They'll take your money and your dope, and that's no lie. Kick you in your shin and not your eye. Then you say I should have done like my brothers do and brought myself a 9 or a 22. Because I'd be better off locked up in a cell because the life I live is now a living hell in the ghetto. 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 Ghetto, 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 ghetto. Listen, I had the kind of parents. Look, I had the kind of parents, hear me somebody, a lot like your own. I had the kind of parents that raised me to believe that you might live in the hood, but you don't have to be a hoodlum. I grew up during a time where uh, I had the kind of parents, perhaps a lot like yours, I had the kind of parents that if something happened to you, you had better make it home to tell them first because they didn't want to hear it from anybody else. I, I had the kind of parents that at 8.30 every night, we were in bed. Do you know in the summer months it's still light outside at 8.30? I grew up during a time when your parents didn't buy you a whole lot of toys. You know, most of the things that we played with, we had to make ourselves. Take the wheels off them grocery store carriages. Get a piece of wood and make you a go-kart with the crate on top of it to sit on it for the seat. We had more carriages in the neighborhood than they had in the grocery store. We would put lights on the carriage. We'd have horns on the carriage. We'd have a steering wheel on that carriage. That carriage would be decked out. I grew up seeing drug dealers and drug addicts take advantage of little children. I stepped over dirty syringes and dirty old men just to get to school in the morning. So I would say, uh, I don't drink no liquor, smoke no reefer, sniff no cocaine or sport no beeper. I ain't selling no drugs, committing no crimes, just educating myself. It's how I spend my time. I'm well equipped like a king to sit tall on my throne. And if you think that you could take me, better not come alone. Better bring yourself a posse, maybe 10 or more, cause the weapons that I'm using are rhymes galore. Got a rhyme for the day, I got a rhyme for the night. Got a rhyme for the wrong, I got a rhyme for the right. Got a rhyme for the rich, I got a rhyme for the poor, got a rhyme for the virgin, got a rhyme for the, got a rhyme for evil, got a rhyme for peace, got a rhyme for Roxbury where the crime never ceases, got a rhyme for the lady, got a rhyme for the man, got a rhyme for the Panthers and the Ku Klux Klan, got a rhyme for my sister, got a rhyme for my brother, but how we can unite and liberate one another. People dying, children crying, 
throughout the struggle, gotta keep on trying to overcome, dominate, put my people back on top, wondering to myself, will this racial thing ever stop? Nelson Mandela, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King and me together, we can overcome racial inequality. Listen, my brothers, my brothers and I, my brothers and I, y'all had my beat all messed up. My brothers and I went to the J.J. Hurley School over on East Springfield Street. We, we lived at 560 Charmette Avenue. We'd leave out of the building at 560 Charmette Avenue and we'd cross the street over to Washington Street across Mass Avenue and the next street, the next street was East Springfield. All four of us would walk walked to school together. I had one brother that was in the third grade, one in the second, one in the first, and I was in kindergarten. And my brothers and I left out of the neighborhood, and many times we had to fight the folk in the building just to get out of the building. And when we got out of the building, we had to fight somebody on the street, right there in the neighborhood. And typically, on our way to school, we had to fight someone at, on the way to school, at school, in the playground, and on the way back home. But let me tell you, when you saw us, the four of us together, we were always the best dressed. We were always well-mannered. We were always organized and clean. We were the smartest young black boys you had ever laid your eyes on. In the name of Jesus, you better believe it. We were all honor roll students. I'm not bragging, I'm telling the truth. We lived in the hood, but we all had perfect attendance. We weren't perfect, but we were good boys that lived in a bad neighborhood, and it had a lot to do with how we were raised. Touch your neighbor and say, raise up. The Bible says that on the first Resurrection Sunday, that when the women got to the grave and saw that Jesus had been raised from the dead, that the angel of the Lord said to them, now that you see he's not here, go and tell somebody what has happened. See, I believe that people aren't getting saved because enough of us won't tell somebody what the Lord has done for them. Folk aren't getting saved because you won't tell nobody how God saved you in that car accident. Folk aren't getting saved because you won't tell nobody that you were sick and God raised you up from that deathbed and told you to take up that bed and walk in the name of Jesus. Folk aren't getting saved because you won't tell somebody just how good God has been to you. That if, if it had not been for Jesus, you wouldn't be here this morning able to clap your hands and give God praise. If that's your testimony, you ought to go ahead and tell God hallelujah this morning in the name of Jesus. The angel said, he's alive. Now go and tell somebody. Tell them with a song. Tell them with a praise. Tell them with a rap. I said, now when I reach, I preach and teach and educate the young masses. Said my knowledge comes in classes. Educate the dumb. Leave the people standing numb, hypnotized, paralyzed by the words that I speak. It's a gift from God. 
It ain't hard when you exercise your mind. You can elevate mankind. Listen up, young people, to the words that I speak. My rhymes are strong, so I'm never coming off weak. I'm not too hard, but you know I'm not soft, G. I walk alone, don't need no gang or a posse, B. Because in my league, there's a ruler, and he's only one. See, he's the father, so I know that makes me his son. See, when you know that God is on your side from the start, you don't waste your time trying to prove you got heart. Because in the game of life, while your main goes to win, Satan's always trying to fill your life full of sin. But if you let the word manifest in your soul, you'll never let the evil power take full control of your mind and body and the things that you do. You always try to be benevolent and true. Look at someone and say, tell somebody. Yeah, tell somebody what God has done for you. Would you just take a moment this morning to turn to your neighbor and testify? Would you tell somebody what God has done for you? Has God done anything for you? If you need some help, tell your neighbor, he woke me up this morning. He started me on my way. He put food on my table. He put shoes on my feet. He put clothes on my back. Come on and talk to somebody this morning and tell them how good God has been to you. Talk to your neighbor. Come on, talk to your neighbor. Talk to your neighbor. Tell your neighbor how good God has been to you. Talk to somebody. Come on, I'll come down there and talk to you, but talk to somebody. Tell somebody how wonderful God has been. Tell somebody what God has done for you. Talk to somebody this morning. Talk to them. Tell them. Tell them. Even if they don't want to hear it, tell them. Tell them God has been good to me, honey. God has made a way for me. God has blessed me. God has kept me. God has delivered me. God has saved me. God has turned my life around in the name of Jesus. You don't know like I know how good God has been to me. Is there anybody here this morning that can testify that we serve a God that's on time? Somebody shout glory. Hey, can you give God some praise right there? Just go ahead and praise him. Has he been good to you? Martin, Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence said, run, tell that. The problem is that we are so quick to talk about each other. Give me a minute. People are quick to talk about what the pastor did. Not here at Elliott Church, not here at Elliott Church. People quick to talk about what the pastor's kids did. People quick to talk about what the pastor's wife did. Did you see her, how she looked at him? She was upset. You know, if more people spent time telling the world what Jesus did, we could raise a whole generation. Uh, tell somebody what Jesus did. Would you tell somebody what Jesus Tell somebody he was born in a manger. Tell somebody he lived and healed the sick. Tell somebody that he was wounded for our transgressions. Tell somebody that he suffered and bled and died. Tell somebody that he was nailed to an old rugged cross. Tell somebody that he was buried in a borrowed tomb. Tell somebody that he was put down in a cold grave. Tell somebody on the third day he rose again in the name of Jesus. Touch your neighbor and say, raise up. There was a very wealthy man. It was an extremely wealthy man. And he was traveling all over the world. Traveling to foreign countries going to exotic places, visiting strange lands. He was extremely wealthy, and while he was traveling, he wanted to 
He wanted to send home a gift to his dear father. He went into a pet shop, and the man offered to sell him a bird. He said, this bird, this bird, this bird can speak five different languages. The man said, wonderful. He spent about $5,000 for the bird. He had the bird packaged up properly so the bird could, could breathe while it was being transported. He had the bird special delivered so that they could feed the bird while the bird was on the plane traveling. The bird arrived to his father. He called his father two weeks later and he said, he said, Dad, did you get that bird I sent you? The father said, yes, I got him. He said, I, I smothered him down with some, with some white potatoes and I made some cornbread. That bird was delicious. The man said, well, Dad, that bird could speak five different languages. He said, well, that bird should have said something in the name of Jesus. Touch your neighbor and say, say something. If God did anything for you, say something. Did he wake you up this morning? Did he start you on your way? Did he bless your family and your household? Then you ought to stand up and open your mouth and say something in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout glory. Oh, has he been good to you? Give him praise. Somebody go ahead and give God some praise right there. If you know God has been good to you, go on and praise him. If you know how he's blessed you, go on and praise him. If you know how he's kept you, go on and praise him. If you know he's been better to you than you've been to yourself, you ought to give God some crazy praise in the name of Jesus. The songwriter says, I've had some good days. I've had some hills to climb. I've had some weary days and some sleepless nights. But when I look around and I think things over, all of my good days outweigh my bad days. I won't complain. The songwriter says, the Lord has been good to me. Yes, he's been good to me. More than this old world, or you, or you, or you could ever be. He's been good to me. He dried all my tears away. Turned my midnights into day. So I stopped by Elliot Church this morning just to say, thank you, Lord. I won't complain. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Has he blessed you? Say, thank you, Jesus. Has he done anything for you? Say, thank you, Jesus. Is he a good God? Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Is he a merciful Lord? Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. All over the sanctuary, come on and stand and just somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for raising Jesus from the grave. Talk about it some more, and I know that it's, uh, well, you know, it may have been heard by some folk. I, I suspect that. It's the kind of statement that uh, takes some time to really, to really sink in and, and, and settle in. And it's the idea that God wants us to have the best. I know that's, I know that's not easy for some people to grasp hold of. You know, it sounds almost like prosperity gospel uh, when you start telling people that they should have the best of things. Amen? But it only makes sense to me. I believe that God wants us to have the best. Amen. 
I believe that that is a theologically sound concept. Praise the Lord that God wants us to have the best. That means that God wants you to have the best neighborhood. Amen. I'm God's best because God created me and didn't create another like me. Touch your neighbor and say, say that. Mm-hmm. Look at somebody else and say, know your worth. No, for real, know your worth. You're created, you're created in the image of God. That's what the Bible tells you. That's what the word says. The word says that God created man and woman in his own image. Yes. I don't know about you, but my God don't make no junk in the name of Jesus. <laughs> when God made me, he didn't make a, another like me. You, you either. Touch your number, neighbor and say, thank God, thank God, thank God. I only deal with one of you. But if we're the best, if we're operating at our best, if we're functioning at our best, then why wouldn't we, in return, have the best neighborhoods? Uh-huh. I don't know about you, but I want, I want my clothes to be, to be the, the, best, the best of clothing. I mean, we, we have a hard time grasping that, and I have to ask you, who told you, whoever told you that you don't deserve the best? Whoever, whoever convinced you that you don't deserve the best? If you see someone and, and that person uh, has, has what apparently seems to be a better life than yours, uh, why do you suppose that that person is supposed to have something that you're not supposed to have? Doesn't God want you to be happy? So I believe that God wants us to have the best. I mean, when we bring God our offering, when we bring God our tithe, when we bring God our sacrifice, what, what are we supposed to bring God? The tithe, the sacrifice, the lamb. The lamb wasn't, wasn't the least of the lambs. It, it was the best, the best of your, of your flock is what you brought to the Lord. And how could you give God the best if God didn't first give you? Touch your neighbor and say, God wants me to have the best. I got it, Pastor. God wants me to have the best. When God created Adam and Eve, he put them in the Garden of Eden. He gave them the absolute best. When the children of Israel were wandering in the wilderness, God told them that he was going to take them into a land that was so opulent. That it's a land that's described as a land flowing with both milk and milk and honey. I've seen land with grass and trees, but I ain't never seen milk and honey come out the ground. Hello, somebody. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave, he gave his best. Amen. God gave his best. So if God, God gave his best, it's because he wants, he wants us to have the absolute best. And many times the reason why we don't, we don't recognize what it is that we have is because we're not aware of what it is that we got. Touch somebody and say, it's spring cleaning time. church 
Yeah, it's spring, it's spring cleaning time. Spring cleaning, it's, it's good to get your spring cleaning in, in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. There's something wonderful, something wonderful happens when you start to clean up. And I don't know, let me, let me be biased for a minute. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, I'm going to wrap up this morning. I want to get to this brunch. Um, but let me be honest this morning as it concerns cleaning up. You know, I don't, I don't know how I necessarily feel about a person that won't clean up. Amen. I mean, how you feel about the waiter serving your food and he won't wash his hands? <laughs> I don't know. I, I just feel I feel a certain way about that. Amen. No, you you can't borrow mine if you won't take care of, of yours. It's good to clean up because when you clean up, then you recognize what it is that you have. If you ever you ever clean up and find something you've been looking for for a long time? You're like, oh, there, there are my keys. Oh, there's, there's the dog. Oh, oh there's, there's my son. I've been looking for him. You clean up. You clean up, and you find things you've been looking for. There's, you find your wallet, and you swore that the deacon sitting next to you last Sunday had. Uh, I'm just playing deacons. I'm just playing deacons. Sometimes you just gotta. You gotta take inventory, and you've gotta recognize what you have. Uh, God didn't give you some junk. God gave you the absolute best when he gave you Jesus, and Jesus wants to live not just in this church building, but Jesus wants to live on the inside of you. That means what's in you is the absolute best in the name of Jesus. Somebody ought to shout glory this morning. My parents, my parents taught me some things about taking care of what you have. Do, I mean, Elliot, do you, do you recognize uh, what we have here in terms of this uh, gorgeous edifice, this gorgeous building, this gorgeous church, uh, this gorgeous place that we call our church home, this place where we can come Sunday after Sunday and lift our hands and give God praise and give God glory. You can't do it at your job, so when you come through those doors on Sunday morning, you ought to open up your mouth and go ahead and shout hallelujah in the name of Jesus. I had a rough week. I had some trouble. I had to deal with them folk on my job. I had to deal with my crazy family, but Lord, you brought me through another week, and now that I made it to the house of the Lord, I'm here to say that this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Did anybody come here this morning just to give God some praise? You could have not made it through last week, but if you're here this morning, you ought to open your mouth and say, Lord, I just thank you that I'm alive and I made it to the house of the Lord. One more time, somebody shout glory. Do we recognize? Gorgeous building, property that's been here for over over 150 years. Anybody here over 150 years old? Anybody? <laughs> you don't look like it. You don't look like it. Mm -mm, not even close. Not even close. 
Yeah, this, this building, my point is, this building was here before any of us. Elliot Church. Which means that some folk before us took care of it so that it could be passed down to the next generation. Uh, the Bible says a good man, a good woman, leaves an inheritance for their children's children. Amen. Not just enough for your children, but some for their children too. What are we leaving, Elliot Church? What are we going to leave for the next generation? In this beautiful building here in Roxbury, I've been telling people lately, uh, and it's true, I've taken care of a few buildings here in Roxbury. I was born in Roxbury. I know Roxbury quite well. Uh, I've been telling people, which is the absolute truth, there is not a more gorgeous building in all of Roxbury than the Elliott Congregational Church of Roxbury. I, I challenge anybody, I challenge you. If you're here this morning, I challenge you. I challenge you. You see another building that looks better than this building in Roxbury, take a picture and bring it and show it to me. That's how confident I am of that. It's an incredible, it's an incredible church and it's been here longer than any of us. So we have a responsibility to take care of it in such a way that we pass it on to the next generation, regardless of what the next generation looks like. Because you didn't look like the folk that were here not only 150 years ago. Amen. So I believe, I believe it's high time, Elliot Church. I believe it's high time for every member of Elliot Church to uh, stand firm and level up. Mm-hmm. I think it's high time for every member of Elliot Church not just to be about lip service, not just to be about the business of complaining about what you don't like, but how about putting some money where your We've got a responsibility to do so. Amen, I'm done. We've got a responsibility to do so. We filled the, the dumpster outside at least three times, removing debris from the building. It's amazing how uh, people bring things into a building like this faster than you can put them out. And why people always give away stuff they don't want? Let me give you a rule of thumb. If you don't want it, <laughs> I make it plain to you. If you don't want it, I definitely don't want it. I don't want it. They say one man's trash, another man's treasure. Uh-uh, you keep your trash. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And you know, cleanliness, cleanliness, cleanliness is next to godliness. Where, where is that? In the book of Hezekiah? Huh? I mean, it's not in the Word. It's not in the Bible. But I believe it's scriptural in its basis. Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, 40, to let all things be done decently and in order. Amen. You grew up in a house like that. Amen. You had parents like that. Amen. 
You had aunts and uncles like that where you ain't call auntie by her first name. You better put a handle on that name in the name of Jesus. You were raised with that kind of order. And if that kind of order was good for you, spare the rod. And your parents ain't even give you the scripture. They just gave you the butt whooping. Amen. You ain't even get the word. You just got the belt. Praise the Lord. But God's house, if it's good for your home, if it's good for your home, if it's good for your family, if it's good for your spouse, if it's good for your children and your children's children, if it's good for your personal home, isn't it, isn't it good for God's home? And I believe it's high time, high time for every, every member of Elliot Church to uh, stand firm and level up. Here, say it with me. Stand firm and level up. Come on, stand firm and level up. Stand firm and level up. Yeah, so there were three, three different criteria. You can come. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, Come unto me, all that you labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come, that you should come. Come to your church. Come to the programs of your church. If you want to level up, come early. There's some ushers here. Uh, Brother Nathaniel and, and Sister Ruth and those ushers, they are, they are generally some of the first people here at Elliott Church in the morning. I, I try to beat Deacon Mills here, but the only way I can beat him here is I got to sleep here on Saturday night. <laughs> but they come and then they level up and they come early. And then if you really want to level up, come often. And then it's the business of giving, to give. For your treasure is there, your heart is also, Matthew 6 and 21. To give, when you're, when you're in the worship service, to, to stand, to open your mouth, to raise your hands. That's what Minister Scott was getting at a little earlier. When you, when you come to the service, to participate in the service and not just be a spectator, sp spectator and, and stare at the pastor. I know I'm good looking, amen, praise the Lord. <laughs> but you ain't here to see me. Come on, somebody, you ain't here to see me. You're here to give God all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. I don't know about you. Did anybody come to see Jesus this morning? I hope you came to see Jesus. I might, I might disappoint you, but Jesus will never disappoint you. Jesus will never let you down. Uh, Jesus will be right there for you. 